NLP practitioner training and we were sitting in like day three and we looked at each other and we're like, why aren't we doing this together? Like, why don't we have a business on this together? Like, we'd be great at doing this. And within 10 minutes, we'd mapped out a business plan for the next two years and (laughs) went home after the training and registered an ABN and made a website and did all the things. And, you know, a couple of years later, we're in it. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome, Sindra and Luke, to the Trudy podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here. Yeah, yes, I'm you. I'm so intrigued to see where this conversation goes. A couple of reasons I was just telling Sindra and Luke that I haven't had two people, so we haven't had three of us together chatting on a podcast before, so that's really fun. So you guys get to uh, hear a little bit of an experiment here on the True to You podcast. And we haven't dived into some of the topics that Sindra and Luke are going to talk about today. Quite personal stuff, but I think also interestingly, and I'm sure you guys would agree that this whole world of pleasure, intimacy, sexuality is all so tied into your creativity. And um, I'm speaking mostly to women here on this audience, but we do have a few men that listen. I'm very sure of it. So (laughs) I think it is going to be fun to get both of your perspectives. So thank you for joining me. And let's dive into the first question, which is how you came to your work that you do and yeah, what, what's your career journeys been like and I think that this will also probably cross over a little personal uh, elements as well, because you can't, I can't imagine you can get into this work growing up going, I'm, I'm going to talk about sex when I'm older and, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you did, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you could reveal in, in the story how you got to what you're doing today. So okay, well, off, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I have been an electrician for um, past 15 years, um, mostly working in heavy industry, like in, in mining and, and yeah, industrial electric trade work. And uh, in that piece, I was sort of a high achiever straight away. Like as soon as I finished my apprenticeship, I went into like quite um, high stress, high responsibility roles. And started sort of ticking all the adult boxes. Like bought my first house when I was like 24, and you know, cars and families and um, all those things, and got married quite young. And uh, also during my 20s, um, became addicted to drugs, addicted to painkillers, and uh, wasn't really dealing with any of my um, you know emotional stuff. I wasn't dealing with any of my um, childhood you know stuff that had come up. Um, relationship stuff. I was just swallowing pills every day to sort of numb numb mm. all of that away, and it came to a head um, when I ended up uh, separating um, from my relationship of uh, ten years, and I ended up uh, in drug rehab after putting myself into a coma um, from a drug overdose, and uh, did a lot of work through that like I hit rock bottom and went crashing about 10 feet through rock bottom and uh, then started to actually do some work and it wasn't until an amazing psychiatrist gave me some real tough love and said you know you're pretty good at being a drug addict like nobody knew for seven years like you you can keep doing it you're pretty good at it and you'll probably be dead in about two weeks otherwise you can start doing the work and get your shit together So I did, and I started doing work on mindfulness, on meditation, 
uh, yoga, movement, um, and learning a lot about the mind and addiction and mental health. And eventually, once I did get my life back together, I started working back in that space with, you know, helping people and running groups around addiction and mental health and uh, mentoring people. And I started to see this pattern that it was kind of a bit of a revolving door. People would do enough work to go out into the world and then something really hard would happen and that old coping tool would always come back up. And the things that I started to notice from these people that were coming back over and over again, it was to do, the triggers were to do with like love, sex and relationships, like all the time, even if it was just like the relationship that they had with themselves, that was always the reason that they would give me for coming back. So eventually when Cindy and I met and started to do work together and I did a bunch of retraining, I was like, well, if we really want to help people, we need to get to the cause or what they think is the cause of their self-relationship and get into sex and intimacy and relationships. So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. Not just a short story. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like, oh, I have so many questions for you. Um, I guess the addiction thing's really interesting. I think that's the first piece that comes to mind. I think we're a pretty addicted society, sadly. And typically we think of addictions as heavy, hard drug use addictions, but there's so, so much, and especially in your field as well, like unpacking addictions that go along with like sex addictions, pornography addictions. Yeah. I think like you said, we, we the amount of things that um, psychology and psychiatrists have labeled, you know, what can be an addiction, but like you said, we can become addicted to success. We can come addicted to responsibility. We can come addicted to like online shopping and debt and hard work and ticking adult boxes Um, we can become addicted to pleasing people, you know, we can become addicted to codependence, you know, like we, we, whatever that dopamine response is and that thing that makes you feel, you know, good or complete is something that without an understanding about how we work as human beings, we can so easily just slip into a loop. And it's not until you step out of the loop that you actually realize, you know, you, you weren't in control. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I, I've like, I wouldn't call my, like I'd say I'm sober and that I've stopped drinking in the last few years and um, like started seriously reassessing that uh, probably four or five years ago, if not longer. And I think it's so interesting. Also, you can, you can perhaps go a lot deeper with understanding yourself And I think for me, it's been becoming like more of myself and also accepting who that is. And sometimes we use the addiction to, and I wouldn't even say that I was addicted to alcohol, but I certainly took it to the, to the edge too many times and, and, you know, probably had a lot of experiences that i I look back and I'm like, that's not the person I really am. But it's not until we take that thing away that we really understand who we are. And I think you're right. That connection with childhood is one thing that definitely comes up. Mm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's so interesting. We could go on the whole track with this, but I don't want to (laughs) go, go too far into that. And um, yeah, this, this is about you guys, but I think especially in terms of your personal relationship to your sexuality, to sex, to pleasure, to all of those things, when you kind of just take a lot of shit away and you're your raw self, it's friggin' hard Mm. (laughs) to sometimes be with that, but also the experiences can potentially, and, and other people might argue me on this who are interested in, you know, all sorts of different things. But I would say that, yeah, you, it, you see a totally different side of that whole world that you guys are involved in. So, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think that's the one one thing that holds a lot of people back from like calling out the things that they're addicted to and then being willing to change is because there's that secondary gain 
that that old behavior pattern keeps them safe from that. They know that there could be a whole new them or a whole new experience on the other side of it, but that's kind of a little bit terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> your lovely lady, uh, we are going to dive into your story a little bit, Cinder. Tell me how you came to do this work and your story. Yeah, I guess a similar story uh, to Luke, maybe not as extreme. Um, However, I uh, battled an eating disorder for many, many years. Um, Again, it was kind of on the down low. It was quite hidden. I had it under control. Uh, And, yeah, I guess like it was an addiction in a way. Um, And definitely hit rock bottom with that where I was um, just kind of doing some work and I had kind of started trying to do some work on myself uh, in terms of I was doing a health coaching course and things like that. However, just feeling super depressed and my anxiety was like out of control and just not feeling fulfilled. And I can really relate to what you were saying about those addictions kind of pull you out of your body because when I kind of hit that rock bottom place, I was so detached from my actual physical body. It was almost like I was cut off um, at the neck and I was like up here in my head, but I didn't, I was like dissociated completely from my body um, because I had, I guess, hated it for such a long time with like battling this kind of eating issue and yeah, I was so surprised. I remember going to a psychologist and they were like, you know, what percentage of kind of thoughts in your head are about like your body and, um, you know, like negative stuff about yourself. And I was like, 95, isn't that normal? Like everyone's, that's, that's normal, right? And so I had to do so much work on bringing myself into my body, like I ended up doing yoga teacher training and um, that kind of changed my life. Like yoga really, really, really helped because I had to be present in my body. Um, I really like ran head first at this because I didn't want to live like that anymore. So yeah, I did yoga teacher training and I had a little studio here in Newcastle with a friend and then got into some social media marketing. I'm a writer, so I've always been writing in different ways for many years. So started doing a bit of that. And I've always had my own business in some way, shape or form because I'm a Leo and I don't like being told what to do. So I've never really worked for anyone else full time for a very long time. So, yeah, I was kind of, I guess, like already in the industry a little bit. And then when Luke and I met, um, yeah, I had also come from a divorce and have a long history of, um, not a long history, but, you know, like came out when I was like in my early 20s and I married a woman previously. And so I kind of had all this, these lessons and challenges that I had worked through. And then when Luke and I met, we were having all these really conscious conversations about all of our experiences and the lessons that we'd learned and how this relationship that we have together we wanted to create something by design, like totally different than any other relationship that we'd had. Uh, and then we're like, oh, let's start a podcast because we're having all these amazing conversations. So, yeah, we started a podcast like two-ish, two and a half years ago. And yeah, everything just kind of continued on from then. Did you come together? Did you come together in your relationship? through the work that you were involved in separately is that how you met or is that another whole story (laughs) we came together through tinder (laughs) awesome i love it i love it i thought maybe you had caught each other across the room of some embodiment workshop and then you were like there's my person (laughs) cindra when we met on tinder cindra tried to cook up like some other story that we could tell people like a more romantic one like oh i met in a coffee shop and luke decided to buy my coffee for me and I was like no we met on tinder let's own it <laughs> we met on tinder <laughs> but I think um Sindra had been working with um a kinesiologist friend of ours around you know the next relationship and what it would look like and wrote out a you know my ideal partner and ideal relationship like manifestation list 
and it didn't have electrician on it. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> um, but, you know, once we started to get to know each other and share, you know, our life and, you know, our lessons and, you know, that all of the things that we do, we started to realise that, you know, we were more than the the summation of our of our parts. You know, it was that something big was happening on those first few dates. Mm, I I truly believe that, and I think you know that's just testament to how the Western world tends to look at relationships and and look at uh, when we kind of design some something that we want, whether it be our life, whether it be a, a home or a relationship. It's often very externalized, isn't it? So I want this person to look like this and and have this job title, and and then once we actually meet the person that we want to be with, it's like none of that really matters. Mm -hmm. It's that, that deeper level stuff that you, you often don't take time to really think about, you know? So I I find that so fascinating that you're probably, you were probably the right fit, but it was just unpacking and taking away all of that external stuff and Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's... I've never dated a tra- I'm like, oh, I'm going on a date with a tradie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wears fluoros to work. <laughs> I've always been quite like in the creative kind of field. So I've always te- technically always uh, dated artists and musicians. And mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, tradie. I don't know about that. Yeah. And the work, <laughs> the work that I had been doing in like mental health and addiction was all voluntary based. Like it was all through lived experience, which is like really valuable in the mental health and addiction space. Like they're constantly looking people who have a lived experience and have good communication skills to be able to, you know, be vulnerable and share with people. But I wanted to just lit me up to do it. So Syndra and I were looking for the right training because I, I wanted for some silly reason, wanted to legitimize myself before I started charging people money for it. So we went and did a training, um, NLP practitioner training, and we were sitting in like day three and we looked at each other and we're like, why aren't we doing this together? Like, why don't we have a business on this together? Like, we'd be great at doing this. And within 10 minutes, we'd mapped out a business plan for the next two years and <laughs> went home after the training and registered an ABN and made a website and did all the things. And, you know, a couple of years later, we're in it. What if you could wake up on the first day of next year, the first day of 2022, and you felt really sure about your plan for your small business. You knew exactly where you're going. You knew the kind of energy that you wanted to have. You had clear boundaries in place rather than being at the whim of whoever was coming into your business. I know the early days of small business can feel so out of control because we're just hustling. We're building, we're building, we're building, we're building. But Really, you could actually have all of that. You could have the complete opposite of hustle tomorrow. And I heard something the other day that hustling is really just trying to outwork our self-doubt. And so instead of hustling, what we can do is we can put a plan in place. We can create milestones so that we're consistent, so that we're methodical, And we take action in spite of the fact that we might be afraid, in spite of the fact that we might not have done this thing we're about to do before. And you have the support of coaches. You have a community that you can call on for feedback and give you real honest support in your work. If this is something that is feeling like a missing piece in your life, in your business, and you would like to have all of those things tomorrow rather than on the 1st of January next year, then I invite you to click the link in the show notes and check out the Creator Club. The Creator Club is a business coaching membership and we have a community of creators, coaches, designers, architects, small businesses that are impact driven and together they are on a mission. 
If you're interested in joining the Creator Club, if this sounds like fun, you can click the purple apply button and submit your application. And our next intake will be starting the first week of December. I love that. I love that you, I'm a woman of action. And so I love that you just got into, you trusted that uh, intuition and you went, right, like let's take that intuitive hunch and put some reality around it by doing some actions. That's super, super cool. And um, yeah, you, you guys are doing amazing, amazing work. This is, this is really I think the work that is needed so much and you probably every time you walk away from an experience that you create for people, that's reinforced even more, I imagine. Yeah. Mm. So we could go down whole conversations around why we need this work and all of that. (laughs) But the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is your work, which requires a lot of vulnerability and, um, you know, I've certainly uh, use the word dabble. I think that's a really funny word, but (laughs) I've certainly, um, you know, done some work in the space that you're in with different practitioners on and off over the years. And even through yoga studies, there's that, there's always that, that element of, um, I guess, relationship with yourself, relationship to others, and then what that actually looks like in a physical experience. And so I've been really lucky too, that I've had a a little bit of exposure to what you do, but to look at the people that, that work in your space, I have so much admiration, not only for what you're able to create for people experientially and how you do that, but how you're able to bring people to a safe place where they feel like they can be really vulnerable. And I'd love to know, I think with anyone that's a coach or some type of practitioner where you are helping people and especially the work that you do is quite, um, yeah, it, it brings up a lot for people. It brings up a lot of their story. It can be really difficult. It can be very exciting in the same respect as well. Do you ever find that you have to practice what you preach? And I think this is probably a coach to a coach kind of moment here, but I feel like we often have this expectation that as someone that is a guide for someone else, we have to have it all together. Our relationship has to be perfect. And um, I work with my husband too, which is a lot of fun, but Talk to me a little bit about how you deal with that and how you um, balance that with also being in the work too and realizing that your relationship's going to change over time and that might change how you teach. And Yeah, we definitely, sometimes it's a great reminder and I'm sure that you get this as well where you talk to some a client about something in, in particular and then you think, oh, gosh, when was the last time I did that? Oh, all right. That's a good reminder. I really need to do that. So for example, we um, really encourage a lot of our couples to get really accountable, you know? So if you're going to practice your love bubble, which is a five minute, uh, you know, absolute connection with your partner, physical connection every day, five minutes, um, then put a tick sheet up on the fridge or write it on your mirror so you can tick it off each day and keep yourself accountable to these practices that we ask them to do. And then I remember like late last year, we're like, oh, when's the last time we did a love bubble? Okay. And then we kind of like wrote on our mirror and made sure that we were doing that as well. So yeah, it's definitely a good reminder. I think at the start, we kind of thought, oh gosh, like why are we having like a conflict? We shouldn't be having this conflict. We should have it all together. However, I think, uh, you know, after a bit of time's gone by, we've definitely relaxed on that a little bit more. And we actually use a lot of our relationship experiences with our clients to allow them to connect with us and know that we're real people and you don't have to have it perfect. And we always talk about let it be messy, you know, let it be a little bit not perfect because no relationship is going to be perfect. And then I guess we kind of like use little examples about 
what's happened in our week so that people can understand how things work and how we navigate things and then they can kind of learn from those experiences too. Mm. Yeah, there's a balance there for sure in that like I've got it written on one of my coaching novel um, journals like into capitals, like it's not about you. Like what they're, what they're going through is not about me. Like, you know, give them the space to move through their stuff um, and having some balance there in sharing vulnerability in that we're not perfect, but we own that we're not perfect and we try and learn from it. And like we, you know, we still have arguments from time to time. Like we, we're still learning stuff about each other. Um, the difference is, is that we try and just keep our eyes wide open when we're in the shit and learn from it really well like it's um there's there is like a real balance there between um you know speaking from prescription or description you know sometimes we describe how it could look and how we've seen this come up in our relationship but then we have to also prescribe some solutions or help them come up with some solutions on their own so yeah we definitely have to do the work but then sometimes sometimes you don't always have to be doing the work sometimes you just need to let it be messy for us as well because um like the measure of success being perfection just fucks with you oh sorry it messes with your head (laughs) totally totally cool totally cool swearing's okay uh i i I, yeah 100 i think it's also deciding i think with your work as well you you probably do need to draw a line because you're still want to show up professional and you're providing a space and I think you nailed it Luke when you said this is not about us it's about their transformation and what they're about to go through but dropping in those anecdotes and those stories is really powerful but I'm sure you don't you know you don't come to a weekend you go we just had this massive fight on Friday night (laughs) (laughs) generally not (laughs) no you you still have to maintain a level of authority like they're paying you like but the the difference is is letting them know that you know more about the problem than than they do you know you know more about their problem than they do yes so it's um yeah sometimes there is yeah a line in the sand there that you've got to draw not share everything but share enough to be relatable and create rapport yeah and also show that you're human you know I think the best counselors and psychologists that I've seen in my you know in my life have been human have had that human element have like told me like little funny stories about their morning or their week or this happened and yeah and you're like oh just kind of relaxes you a little bit as a client it's like oh great like Mm. they're 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 human too like they're they're not you know the the perfect counselor or the perfect psychologist you know I I love that that that's the best experience I've had with with um counselors and things yeah 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 it allows it allows you to open up as well it gives you that permission doesn't it yeah yeah Yeah. I think yeah, well, like you were saying before, there's a lot of ego that we need to let go of to ask for support, especially around the work that Cindra and I do. Like, mm-hmm. because you kind of, you know, you know that your stuff's going to come up, you know, you know that you're going to go through a transformation. And I used to experience it when I was working with mental health and addiction that you would have a psychiatrist trying to run, you know, a support group. And nobody would in the room would talk or open up at all. And then I'd march up there and be like, hey, I'm Luke, I'm a drug addict you know, this is my story and you'd see their shoulders drop and relax and then all of a sudden everybody's sharing. It's like Mm. people like people who are like them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I really, it's amazing work that you do and, and hats off to both of you for having the courage to do this sort of work, especially at this time. I think things are moving so fast. There's a lot of pressure and it's really changing the relationship dynamic, not to mention bringing technology into the whole equation as well. And that's a, that's an addiction in itself as well. Absolutely. But yeah, it's really important, really, really important work. So in terms of having a personal relationship and having a business relationship, how how has that been and what sort of things do you put in place because I know there's a lot of for context I know there's probably a lot of people listening to this thinking 
oh, if only my husband would just quit his job and we could you know, go into business together. If only uh, we could both be doing this and then we could live the life of our dreams. And working together is also a very different reality from the the dream that you aspire to have. And I know that personally, and especially in the last year or so where we haven't had the freedom to just necessarily get away on our own or which is something that I know... Um, you know, John was doing a lot was because of him being quite a masculine man. He needs that space. And, mm. uh, you know, even if it's being out in the water, whatever it is. So there's been those little challenges and then add the working relationship to the mix has made it quite interesting. So do you want to speak to that? And I guess maybe share as well some tools that have really helped you navigate that time. Yeah, like, yeah, there's so many great things about working together. And then there's so many things that just drive you absolutely insane. I think we work very differently. Like I'm a big picture person and Luke is more of a detailed kind of person. So I'm like, let's do this. Yeah, here's my amazing idea. And then I'm like, and another amazing idea. And looks like, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Okay, great. How are we going to do that? Let's figure it out. And I'm like, no, let's just like forge ahead. Like we don't need to figure it out. Let's, like, let's just go. So I think we've had to really manage. It's, it is complimentary. However, sometimes it's also like <laughs> we kind of butt heads over it. So I think managing that is something that we've really had to work on mm-hmm. quite a lot together. Uh, I think what like one thing for me that is amazing is that because our work is in intimacy and relationships, then we try and bring in sex magic into our work day. And this is something that, um, yeah, Renee Wilkinson, who's an amazing Newcastle kinesiologist, um, kind of suggested to us would be a great way to really get our business popping is like, you know, you guys need to do sex magic. Like that is your you know, your tool, like you need to be doing that. Like, oh, great. Well, then we can have sex in the middle of the workday. That that makes sense for us, you know, for our business. So that's one thing that's like pretty great about working together. It's like, hey, babe, you know, let's do this now, right now in our office. <laughs> Love <cool>. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we do like a lot of um, like our manifesting and planning, like, and then we'll put some sex energy into it. You know, if we create a program, like we'll have sex and we'll be like, you know, how's it going to feel when this program launches and it's full. And we'll be talking about that whilst we're bringing all of that orgasmic energy into the intention behind it. Like, how's it going to feel? Like, what are the people going to look like? You know, how many people are we going to get? Like, how's it going to feel when we like do that, the very first session and oh, how amazing, like, and how much money are we going to make out of it? And, um, you know, how come we deserve that money? Like, and, you know, really bring a lot of that stuff into it. Sometimes like a lot of the times we just have sex for sex, but it's just to keep that alive. One of the things that, um, you know, Bernadette O'Connor and um, Renee pointed out is that if we're in the business of sex and relationships, we need to be like practicing sex and relationships in our own life. We get so busy sometimes being thinking that we need to have our focus on the success of the business that we get so caught up on like outcomes and you lose focus of the intention. And yeah, so that's been really good, but just managing those differences in, you know, big picture and details. Like you said, I'm a man of action. Like I'm an, I'm a details guy. So if somebody comes up with an amazing idea, I'm like, fuck yes, let's make that happen. Let me add it. I'll engineer it. You know, I'm, I'm in. So it's been complimentary once we got our heads around the fact that it can be a positive that we have those differences rather than it being conflictual. Yeah. Um, just like lots of um, planning, I guess, like we use, um, you know, a lot of, um, routines and um, rituals, I guess, to for our workday. We have to incorporate a lot of self-care into our workday so it doesn't become all-consuming. We have had to put, like, boundaries in place around, you know, the bedroom's the bedroom, you know, no, no business talk in the bedroom, you know, put the phones away after 7 o'clock sort of thing. 
Um, if we go on a walk at the beach, sometimes we have to say, all right, so the, the lap there, we can talk about business and then the lap back, we're just talking about normal, you know, couples things. Yeah, I think we we get so caught up in our clients sometimes and, oh, they could do this, we could do that. Oh, what's going to happen is that we had to really call it because we we're going to bed and talking about the couple that we just coached and kind of bringing that energy into our bedroom. So mm. yes, we had to really kind of be careful of, of that, bring that into the bedroom. That was a big boundary that, yeah, because we'd just be talking, 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 talking all night about this couple. And then we'd oh God, like, what about us? You know, let's mm. kind of come back in. So yeah, that was a huge thing. And I think one of the like other massive things was I'd been working for myself in different ways for like such a long time, right? So my mornings, like go to the gym, like go for a walk, get a coffee, have a swim, like do a meditation and like start work at like 10. Cause like we work at night too. So it's kind of like, you know, there's no rush. Whereas Luke's like, babe, it's like, it's like it's eight o'clock. Like we've got to start, we've got to start work. And I was like, it's another two hours before we need to start. We just like cruise on into the day. Yeah. (laughs) And that was really difficult for me when (laughs) I did like um, resign a full-time role was that for 15 years going to work was five days a week, six o'clock in the morning till three 30. And that was a work day and you, you're busy, but also because you're employed, if there was nothing to do and you're just around, you still get paid sort of thing. And I've gotten so good at being an electrician by this point that it's kind of like free money. Like I turn up, I do it. It's not super challenging and I get paid, you know, $1,200 after tax each Thursday, you know, it's, it's kind of part, there was an inner conflict there of like, what am I, why am I giving this up to go and have like a challenging business? And that's also something that's held us back as well, going full into our business. Like I'm also a father. So there's that responsibility role of that's that's easy money, whereas this is fulfilling money. And it's kind of like balancing like, you know, that just being too safe, a safety net, like too attractive a safety net to go full into running your own business. Oh yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you guys shared so much there that I could go on like 50 million tangents, (laughs) which is, is always really fun because my brain is doing these ones. Uh, I love what you said, actually, first, I'm going to start with what you said around bringing your manifestations of what you want into the physical form and you can do that in many different ways, right? That that doesn't have to be through sex, but you just happen to, that's the tool that you have, so you use it. And I think that's really cool because also a lot of what you were talking about is around that root chakra, base chakra area of the body. And you can't receive that sort of success if you're really locked up in that part of your body too. Um, just from experience, from what I've learned, and it's quite a heavy part of our body. So we need to, we need to have practices that create a lot of freedom there for both, for both men and women. I think it's, it's really important. And um, I certainly see when I'm much, and not from a like, I've got to be strict and do do my practice every single day. But even with my yoga, which has a lot of different breathing techniques as well, and even that feeling of that life moving through you allows you to be able to see what you can bring to life in your business as well. And it's empowering too. I mean, sex, power, money, it's all very, very intertwined. So I, I find that that's super, super interesting. And yeah, I think what you were saying, Luke, just then about your journey and the roles that you've got to balance in your life. I think also it's okay to be practical in our business. And I've kind of let go a lot with, because we coach other business owners of there having to be an exact science of how they get to where they want to get to, whether that be, you know, leaving a full-time job and going full-time in their business or scaling from that, you know, sub hundred K to several hundred K, what, 
whatever that goal looks like for them, there's so many different ways to get there. And I find it interesting that as the coach, you're really just helping them step into that journey that they're on and feeling most powerful in that journey. And I would say it's kind of the same with a lot of the intimacy work as well. Like some people think they have to go from having no sex to having sex like every single day without fail. And there's something wrong with you if you're Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. but everybody's journey and everybody's makeup and, and how they come to the work is all so different. So yeah, it's just giving yourself that permission. Hey. Yeah, exactly. And everyone learns differently and everyone integrates differently and everyone's dynamic is different. So we have like a basic map of how we kind of map out our program and how we work with couples. However, it's never the same. (laughs) Like we really just see what they bring in and then, you know, chop and change and modify to, to work around them and customize, customize. Yeah. And everyone moves at different paces as well. You know, like for one couple, um, you know, naked cuddling might be a massive, huge step for them, you know? And then for another couple, they're like looking to bring some like light BDSM into their kind of relationship like that, you know? So it's, it's really, really different. And we, um, that's what, that's what we love about our work is that everyone who comes in has had a different journey and has different stories and beliefs and we get to kind of shape it as of we, like we can relate to those different parts of the mm. journeys because we've been there through our life as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I want to have a little bit of a conversation around empathy and intimacy because that is your work is in intimacy and creating deeper intimacy with yourself personally. And then if you're with a partner or a partner that you want to bring into your life, what that's going to look like. And very much a lot of the work we do, I think this is an interesting crossover into marketing because so much of marketing requires us to really cultivate intimacy and understanding and being with our client or our dream client, understanding them at deep level. And that requires us to also have empathy. I'm interested to know how we could as, especially as coaches, and I'm speaking mostly to people in this sort of industry where you're working really closely with people. You might even be Pilates instructor or yoga instructor as well, how we can start to think about intimacy and cultivating that empathy through that intimacy with our clients and how you guys do that. And I mean, you're taking it probably to more of an extreme level, but for most people that are kind of a little afraid or a little, um, timid around fostering deeper connections and understanding their people and who they're working with at a deeper level. Mm. Interesting, interesting (laughs) parallel. Hey. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it sort of ties into what you're talking about with vulnerability earlier in the way that we coach. We, you know, we do bring a lot of vulnerability purely for permission you know, for permission for people to share exactly where they're at and we safely receive it with empathy, you know, and we don't judge them. Like they can pretty much say, you know, whatever they want, wherever they're at, and we're not going to judge them. We're going to help them, you know, or support them in that. So we're always really empathetic. Sometimes it rocks us just how vulnerable some people choose to get with this and, it never, it never invokes judgment for me. Um, I'm always just thinking, wow, how amazing is it that they've shared that in the intention to like facilitate change for themselves. So I think the, the way I see it happening is just giving permission for vulnerability through our own vulnerability and, and truth and, um, and just turning up the way, like I turn up in coaching, I turn up at like electrical work, like presenting exactly how I turn up in life. Like I swear, I'm crass, I say inappropriate things, 
I say really hilarious jokes and <laughs> and I think people see that that it's like it's truth it's there so yeah I don't know what do you think yeah I think broadly you have to have empathy for yourself to be able to connect to intimacy if that makes sense like you have to be able to see yourself forgive yourself and accept yourself to be able to fully open up to and really be able to connect deeply with intimacy because I can remember when I was in that place where I was really disconnected to my body and I didn't have any empathy for myself at all I was just like fuck you you're a piece of shit basically and the the intimate experiences I had, and even intimate experiences, I'm talking about like friendships, mm. um, those intimate experiences, I wasn't fully present. Like I wasn't fully able to show up and connect and be whole because part of me was still like judging myself in those moments. So, yeah, I think broadly that self-empathy and really being able to understand, forgive, not even love, but just accept yourself. Um, that's the only way to really, really open up to to deep and conscious intimacy, not only like with yourself, like solo intimacy, partner intimacy, and also like friendship intimacy, colleague intimacy. Like, you know, that that is all intimacy as well. People kind of think intimacy is just sex, but it's mm. it's everything. It's how we do everything. Yeah. I think one thing stands out for me is that non-judgment piece and we always are going to be dealing with that, especially as we reach for bigger things and open ourselves up to new things, open ourselves up to like, especially if we're talking business, the next level, you know, that new level, new devil kind of thing. Um, But I see that certainly in the people that we work with, certainly in myself, is just not having judgment for where you're at or what's happened in the past, especially. And yeah, I love that you that you pick that up because I think that is probably one of the absolute keys and, and allows you to create that much deeper conscious coaching experience too if if we're speaking specifically to the coaches and I think also you've probably had these experiences where when you're working it's almost like an out-of-body experience that you can have too right when you're Mm. working with someone sometimes these things drop in and it's like that's not even me over there talking (laughs) that's another like you know another big or something over there so I think when you drop all that judgment it allows like the real wisdom to land and for you to be able to share that Mm, Yeah, yeah definitely when you kind of put yourself put your ego put yourself off to the side it's like you're channeling all this yeah. amazing stuff is coming through and you're like kind of your logical brain had a bit of a format for the session. You had some yeah. notes down <laughs> you get on into the session and you're kind of like really dropping in and then all of this crazy stuff comes out. It's like, oh, well, I guess we're not doing my notes anymore. Like a logical brain, you can just go over there and like, I'm here, I'm present. And mm. I think that, yeah, that is what allows us to be, great coaches and anyone else out there that's listening is, you know, like put yourself to the side and just let that intuition come through. And that, that can only come through when you do have that deep connection to yourself, when you are really in your intimate, you know, intimate self, when you are open to receiving, it's like, boop, there it is. (laughs) Absolutely. I see that happening in actual intimacy with a lot of people as well is that they, you know, put this pressure or a plan in place of what's going to happen in this intimate occasion if it is sex and then it starts to go a little bit differently and they start to, you know, that judgment loop kicks in and, you know, there's not not much erotic about that a lot of the time. So um, having the empathy for yourself to say, like I see it in intimacy all the time, somebody's brave enough to say, oh, hey, babe, like I'm, like I, I really wanted this, but I'm really in my head at the moment. 
and either like could we put a pause on that because I think something else is coming through or something's coming through. Could you help me with this and like take over the pleasure, take over the intimacy? And yeah, there's, there's so many different ways to do it when you can have empathy for the fact that maybe it's not exactly how you planned it, but something bigger ha- might be happening. It's so interesting because I think about visualization as being a powerful tool and maybe um, I don't know the difference really between technically between sort of fantasizing and kind of dreaming up what you want. And that can be, that can be in your life. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the work that you're talking about, but that difference between having a visualization and using that as a really potent tool to get quite um, deep into the experience that you want to have just in life or in your business. And then also at the same time, letting go of it. It's, mm. it's such a, a balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We use visualization all the time for our clients and especially when we're doing the sessions with couples, we get them to visualize, you know, what, what does like your ideal relationship, like what's this big goal? Like let's visualize it, you know, feel into it. And then we get them to say it out loud. And it's always so interesting to hear like how they were feeling in their visualization, what they came up with and, you know, like kind of planting that seed and then also being like, cool, like what's the actual feeling behind it? Like that's what we're going for. Not so much like, okay, I was in Bali and I was blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, what's the feeling behind that? So yeah, it's a really, really powerful tool. Like we use it with everyone. (laughs) And it's Mm. very, it can be very intuitive to, to kind of call that through and hold that space for people. And then it also gets them to be able to access their intuition and what can come through for them and the the truth and the power behind that is like pretty cool to witness. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's dive a little bit into creativity because as we said right from the beginning, there is so much a connection between a lot of the work that you do and creativity, pleasure. And it's so interesting because you're talking, Cinder, about your morning and your routine. And it's probably quite intertwined with your ideas around pleasure as well and kind of just allowing yourself to be in your body. And maybe Luke's going, oh, but she takes it too far. But I I do get what you mean. And also, I think it's quite interesting when you, just as a side note, when you look at the male, female dynamic or masculine, feminine, probably more so dynamic of, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm a bit like you, Sandra, like I'm a bit slower in the mornings and I have to really just check in with myself multiple times and get into my body and like, enjoy my breakfast and really taste the food and all of those things. Whereas, um, and there's no right or wrong here, by the way, whereas John's a little bit more get up, you know, get into the writing and a lot more structured. And maybe that's a hormonal thing as well too. But I was kind of laughing there in terms of how, how you do that. And I'm quite similar. (laughs) 10 o'clock I'm like moseying around um uh, I, I'm, I'm for some reason I'm most uh creative inch fastener like I have just a bazillion ideas when I'm trying to lay down and switch off yeah um uh, yeah um yeah I think creativity is different for different people and there's so many different tools that you can use out there it's just kind of like like and if you don't know what works for you it's just try some stuff you know mm-hmm try some of the many, many tools out there for creativity. One thing that Syndra is most creative when she is on holidays, um, you know, when she's away from the problem, I guess, not to call it the problem, like, but when she's out and there's, the pressure is off, that's when all of these brilliant ideas come back. So I remember the last holiday we were in Darwin and there was a sunrise and we sort of made set an intention for when we went back and I said, I want to bring our holiday vibe back into our real world, like make our life the holiday. And 
because that's when Sinjo is most creative, like take the pressure down mm. uh, and have an intention rather than an outcome, you know. So that's creativity. I see, I, I witnessed that for Syndra. So a very long time ago, I realized that that was my, that was my shit with, you know, needing, thinking that I needed to start work at a certain time and hustle and all of that sort of thing. Um, and my creativity is probably the same is, but I have to really bring intention around what I want to cre- be creative about. Otherwise, I just have lots of different ideas about lots of different things. Um, and yeah, for me, it's making sure that I have pleasure and passion in my life rather than just working all the time. Because mm. there's like you, you would be able to profess to running your own business. There's always a mountain of things that you could be doing. Like there's, you never, you know, this is the difference when you work for somebody like, you know, or when you're a, a tradesman, when you're an electrician and you start off on the tools and you get a job to do. And if you finish it by 3.30, you get a pat on the back and you've done a good job. You know, you put that ceiling fan in and good job. <laughs> and then you become a supervisor of electricians and you realize that it's all changed all of a sudden. You never finish a job. You just have a pile that you chip away at. And when it's your own business, that pile is nobody else's responsibility but yours. But the pile is far less important than enjoying what you're doing and making money through like having passion and pleasure. So for me, the creativity is making sure that I don't get focused on the metrics Mm. and making sure that I'm enjoying it and that it's fun and laughing. Yeah. And definitely for me, it's very uh, based around my menstrual cycle as well. Uh, So yeah, this, I'm going into ovulation. So like this week I'm like, yeah, let's like do all the things. And I'll probably have a really, I generally have a bit of a dump of things that come in around ovulation. It's like, poof, just kind of lands, lands. And then as we go towards my period, um, I'm kind of like, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of creativity (laughs) happening there. I've really got to like work for it. So yeah, I think kind of, you know, knowing, you know, if you bleed, like knowing your cycle as well and basing things around around that and scheduling things in around that is has been super helpful for me as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think when there's um yeah, when there's one partner that that's the case for them, it's it's also communicating that to each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I've got Tim just got an app that she uses um, called Natural Cycles and she takes temperature every morning. And I've got the app on my phone as well. So like I've got the track of where she is on her cycle. So I know where she is energetically as well as, you know, communicating it. Um, you know, we have like, check-ins like we have business meetings but then we also have relationship check-in meetings as well so we do try and communicate that very well the first few times that we ran like retreats or workshops or whatever some for some reason we planned it on the week of Syndra's period like every time and it was terrible yeah not good. <laughs> it was bad so yes we um we definitely learned that very early on okay let's just check on your period and make sure we don't schedule anything around that and it just yeah it just helps so much you know when when you are bleeding it's like oh really gotta like really gotta get myself moving whereas you're just like bouncy and and ready to go so (laughs) that was a big lesson for us yeah but a a really good lesson and I think why wouldn't you work with it if it's something that that you it's a tool it's like a natural app, I guess, you know, you have these habit apps and these tracking apps that tell you what to do when, but this is just your body saying, I got this, this is what you should do now. And, and, and it gives you permission to, I think that's the biggest thing is that, um, I think women that are, I see that are more in tune with their cycle, definitely it changes the way they do business and they're probably more long game because they realize that, okay, it's actually about respecting that energy flow and like, I'm not going to be able to push every single month and I might not be available part of the month as well. So that's completely okay. But I think it's, it's taking a bit for us to to unlearn a lot of that mm. 
patriarchal yeah. way of doing business and, mm. and shifting it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I, I think that's actually been like now that we're talking about it, it's just popped in just how valuable um, it has been for us to have an awareness about how each other operates when we're in business together. So, you know, learning about me, learning about Syndra's cycle and the differences in her energy throughout those weeks. We did a, uh, like a couple's human design reading. Oh yeah. Which just explains so much about how we operate in different ways and having, um, you know, we've done kinesiology um, sessions, business kinesiology sessions together. Um, You know, we've done a lot of things purely just to have an awareness around who we each are as an individual Mm -hmm. and what we're both bringing to the business. And it's just stopped a lot of conflicts that would have otherwise happened. Like I operate like this. Why don't you operate Mm, like this? Especially if it's a male, female business, like we don't have a a menstrual cycle. So it could be like, well, why, you know, why are you not making sense for an entire week every month? (laughs) And Sandra's like, I don't know. Fuck. (laughs) Help me. But yeah, the human design reading was super helpful it in really explaining, helpful. you know, who we are and what we're bringing to the table, and um, you know what, how we can really tap into those superpowers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of business by by design in terms of bringing these two different beings together, and then like, what does that look like with the different energies? And um, I guess predispositions to certain things as well and and yeah it's really cool because then you just respect each other's gifts too and like what that can bring um to the partnership as well we're definitely playing with that a lot ourselves and it's it's a practice too because you have to really say oh I, you have to really acknowledge that in the other person too and want to really amplify that and give them permission to amplify it. Yes. And I think that's also half the work as well. Mm, definitely. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, that's your thing. So you do it that way. That's cool. It's like, and I kind of still want them to do it my way, but they're not going to. <laughs> it can be like a bit of a challenge. <laughs> I remember uh, the guy that did the reading for us said, um, so it's very clearly saying here that when Syndra um, has an idea and is overwhelmed about how to make it happen and she has a few different options in her head, she's always going to ask you for help with it, but she's never going to choose the one that you tell her to do. She's already decided, but she just wants the opportunity (laughs) to say no. And he's like, do you ever see that? And we both like looked at each other and cracked up laughing. And so now when Sindri comes to me for help, like I don't, I don't get upset or resentful if she doesn't choose my idea or my, take my advice. It is completely just the way it's going to happen. It's the way that it works. And it's her um, convincing strategy that the thing that she wants to do is actually the thing that she should do. Um, You're a projector. Yeah. 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 I think um, the the biggest thing that's really helped us in like being able to like live together, relate together, have sex together, run a business together, co-parent together is one of the things that we learned around our intimacy coaching is consent in asking each other, hey, babe, can I talk to you about something that's to do with business? Or, hey, babe, can I talk to you about something that's about this couple? Um, or, you know, I was listening to that call that you're on the other day. I've got some thoughts on it. Would you like to hear them? Rather than just dumping everything that comes to your head on each other or to each other and making, you know, every moment a possible business conversation or a possible relationship conversation is asking for consent. I would like to talk to you about this. Is this the right time? And it's been like a big shift, I think. Yeah. Or of an avoidant attachment style. So yes, if Luke asks me, sometimes I'm like, actually, no, can we talk about this tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning, I'll commit to tomorrow morning. <laughs> like sometimes I like really need that space to be able to just be like, oh, I just need to kind of take a little step back sometimes. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed and things like that. So yeah, that actually has been mm. super, super helpful. Oh. And it stops that constant stream of like business chat relationship chat you know it just allows us to kind of be like no actually let's just kind of have a little little moment (laughs) but often to be honest a lot of the time you might say i need 
like tomorrow, but 10 minutes later, it's just the fact that you've been given a chance to say yes or no. You'll say, actually, you know what? I, I do want to hear it now. Let's, let's talk about it now. Mm. So yeah, that's been really important for us. Cool. That's, that's super cool. I, I love how you're weaving all of these different tools together into your work. And I'm sure those that are listening to this are thinking, okay, that's cool. I can use human design to help my business, or I can use these different tools or my other practices. And it really just gives people permission to create a business and a life that is by their own design that they really love. So thank you to both of you for being so open and, um, you know, honest with, with your journey past and present. And it's been really, really fun. I've really enjoyed this. I'm going to say really a lot, but I have enjoyed <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> so thank you to both of you. If Anybody wants to connect with you and the work that you do either individually or together, where can we find you and what's coming up? Best place to go is probably just Instagram at Conscious Couples Coaching. And then our individual Instagrams are at Cindra Banks and at Luke Skews. All of the links are in our bios. That's probably just the easiest way to go. If you don't have social media, lucky you. Um, then we have a website, it's conscious-couples.com. And I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but I have self-pleasure school uh, for women starting on the 15th of November. Uh, and aside from that, our couples program is open for enrollments now, which is a 12-week transformative program where you get to work with the both of us. Uh, and that's called turn on. So we have a lot going on all the time. <laughs> good, good. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both of you. And uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing feedback on this episode. It's going to be really cool to see what the, what the people think. Thanks for having us. Thank you.